You're listening to Potter Nonsense, a podcast with me and Ray. Welcome to Potter Nonsense. I'm Faye. And I am Ray. And tonight we're going to be talking about what kind of adaptations and extra stuff we want to see versus what we actually have. Yes, and welcome back from our little break that we had. Um, yay, holidays. Yay. Now, I thought that we, I sent Ray a text this morning asking if we could do this topic because last night we were scrolling through Netflix and my partner stops on the crimes of Warner Brothers and says, you want to get mad? And because I am a deeply, deeply masochistic person, apparently, I said yes. And it was exactly as bad as I had heard, except there were some things that were even worse, because you've heard that Minerva McGonagall is in this movie, right? Yeah. Makes me really mad, because she shouldn't be in that movie. She shouldn't be. I assumed that she was going to be a child. No. No. She's a full fucking adult. She is an adult teacher. Like, she's an adult teacher 10 years before she's meant to be born. So that that's a thing. Yeah. I don't get that, honestly, because, like, sh- J.K. Rowling mm, is makes writing her kind these of, movies. That, yeah, right? That makes her as old as as Dumbledore. Mm, exactly. Like, that That makes her as old as Dumbledore. And Hagrid like, is older than We know Bonneville. from... Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. I have strong feelings about this. And I know a lot of people love them and they love Newt Scamander. And look, I'll agree. I really do like having a beta type male as the main character, a soft, wants to love animals and do all fun adventuring things without being super hyper fucking masculine. I love that. I really do. But I, we didn't need America. We didn't need fucking Johnny Depp if if this second. was just a movie about Newt's commander and his adventures I'd be fucking thrilled like that that's what I wanted that's what we all wanted that's what everyone wanted I just wanted people hanging out with CGI furry friends that I wanted to be able to hold and never could that's all I wanted and instead we've got Johnny Depp getting fed his lines through an earpiece because he's either too lazy or too sick to learn them himself. And, Ugh. like, even – did you see the first one? I know you haven't seen the more recent one. Uh, I saw the first one. It made me very uncomfortable in several places, and I just – I refused to see the next one. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, so you know how Queenie was great? yeah. Queenie's a rapist now. What? Like, she put, um, what's his name, under a a love spell so that he would come to England with her and get married. Wow. I I mean, there's so much wrong with that. There's no explicit sexual contact between them while he's under the spell, but we don't know what happened off screen. And all love-related magic and, like, potions and stuff like that are an allegory for date rape. Yep. They're a date rape drug. They are the Mm -hmm. equivalent of a wizarding roofie. Yes. So there's a lot of discussion that comes up between fans about what they would like to see done on the big screen or on the small screen. A lot of people really prefer the idea of the small screen because you get more information if we're talking about an adaptation of the original books, for example. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, a lot of people are really keen on the idea of doing, like, one chapter is one episode, which in the case of some episodes is a terrible idea. But um, largely that could be something that works really well. Yes, I think it could be. Like the age of Netflix is now upon us where people Mm -hmm. don't want to leave their houses for one thing. 
Um, they want to stay home. They want to be in the sweats and eating crappy food on their couch and they can get more content out of Netflix and Stan, which is the Australian like streaming service and Amazon and Hulu and Disney plus and all the other streaming services that are around now. People are pumping money into these things because they don't want to leave their house and they want more quality content. I can't remember the last time I went to a movie, like a proper full length feature film and went, "Mm, I'm really satisfied with the story I got out of that. Yeah. Because we are now in an age where everything, we want details because we know we can have detail. Yeah, exactly. There's, and as things become, like the, te- the technology is improving, we're able to create really impressive special effects on TV, um, unless it's the Inhumans TV show, which was a mess, <laughs> which they were like... Yeah, look, they don't always hit the We mark. know that we can't afford to animate Medusa's hair, so we're going to shave off all of her hair. Yeah. Yeah. I I saw maybe like 10 minutes of the first episode and then I got distracted. I mean, by something. I can't the problem it. is that the Inhumans are inherently like the Inhuman monarchy, like there's the cool like on their own Inhumans. The Inhuman monarchy is explicitly an evil group. <laughs> like no one yeah. seems to be writing them as as if they're evil, but they're a bunch of oligarchs with slaves who do eugenics like they 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 should be evil (laughs) that's that's what they Mm. are but yeah so but yeah fantastic beast for me while the idea of newt scamander's adventures was amazing they have turned it into this horrible messy americanized franchise which i'm not shitting on Americanized things. I do love a whole bunch of Americanized things and like Hollywood has given us some absolute amazing things. But also the British side of me is like, why did we have to set things in America? Why does it always have to revolve around America? Why couldn't he have traveled to Australia and had a look here? Why did we have to have Johnny Depp? Could they not have kept Colin Farrell as Grindelwald? Because Mm, break me off a piece of that, please, and thank you. Got you. The, you got the right, Colin. I'm so proud of you. I did. Did you hear the pause? <laughs> did you hear the pause? I had to think about it. Yes, I did. I'm so proud. <laughs> but you got there. You did. You got it right the first time. I did it. I'm so proud of myself. Um, yeah, like mm. I and because I was it, underwhelmed and made uncomfortable by the first movie, and I, it made me not want to see mm. the next movie because it's not what I want out of content from the Harry Potter universe. Yeah. And because I think because audiences are so ready for um, a serialized thing, one of the main issues with the Crimes of Grindelwald is that the second movie is like the second episode of a TV show that sets everything up. Yeah. Like, yeah. It if, doesn't if feel you, like a sequel. If you break it down, what we've got so. What we've got so far is the pilot, which is Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And now we've had the second episode in this series of five, which is Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. And there's no story in it. Yeah, I've read that from a few that's people. The main, that's the main problem with the thing. Like, it's it hasn't got a coherent story it's little bits little bits little bits that are going to be something else in future Mm. yeah that's annoying and it's just not good (laughs) see when they said that they Mm. had signed five movies I was like why they don't even know that the first the second one's going to do well and then it flopped and I laughed so hard well look 10 years after the first Avatar movie they decided that they were going to have they were going to order four sequels of it. So. Yeah, I don't understand that either. Yeah. Um, I feel like everyone has become very overconfident after the success of the MCU. I think so. And look, to be fair, not all of the MCU, MCU movies are great either. No, no. Like. And, and like one of the best illustrations of this um, overconfidence is Universal and their repeated 
first in a, <laughs> first in the series movies <laughs> that they've been doing. Oh man, where it's like this is this is going to be the first instalment of the dark the dark universal universe, and it's like oh yeah. The- Okay, that one was poorly received. This is the first one. It's like they did it with Dracula Untold and then they pretended that Dracula Untold did not happen and then presented The Mummy That's right. with Tom Cruise as the first in the series. Oh. And it was, was truly hilarious. The Mummy was just the bad. It was bad. It was... I, I didn't bother to see it. I watched it on a plane because there was nothing else really that I wanted to watch and I was stuck on the plane, so... You know, like I get that Tom Cruise has wanted to be in the Mummy for twenty years, but like the time is gone. Yeah, he's super salty that Brendan Fraser got that role. Oh, no, no, no. He, do you know the story of that movie? Mm, no. How how it got to Brendan Fraser? No. Okay, Tom Cruise was initially signed on, but he had already signed on for a different movie, and he couldn't get out of that contract no matter how hard he tried. I can't remember what movie it was, but. He wanted really badly to do The Mummy and he tried to do everything to make it work and it just didn't. Oh, my God. So then they tried to do Sylvester Stallone. Ugh. Just imagine that movie with Sylvester I am, Stallone and for I'm five horrified. <laughs> Take it back. I don't like it. Anyway, that didn't work and then they got Brendan Fraser and the world was right and good finally. Oh, I love that man so much and I'm so glad he's making a comeback to acting. <laughs> Yes. He went, he went away for a little while, but he's back. He did because his ex-wife screwed him over and he gained a bunch of weight and got really bad depression. And also got sexually assaulted yes. by someone. Yeah, I remember that. That, I that was the other thing on the list. The, his story is fascinating and heartbreaking in like the worst and best kind of ways, but he is making a comeback and in I am similar so... Ways to, mm. in, it's in similar ways to Keanu Reeves. A little bit. Yeah, it's it's the time of yeah. Keanu and Brendan Fraser. Like, this is their time, and I'm so just, here for just, that. Yeah, just wholesome, non-toxic masculinity. That's all we need. Yeah, because <laughs> they are, like, legitimately, they seem like legitimately the nicest people in the world. Mm. But now, shall, regarding shall the we... TV, TV series version of Harry Potter, mm. I have oh. heard people talk about HBO. Oh, yeah. Please no. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you want Minnie to get her tits out? Like, <laughs> Yeah, please, please no. Please, absolutely not. The first, like, and, and the argument that one person was um, presenting to me was that because all of the books have been written, they won't make the changes like they did to Game of Thrones. But, like, Game of Thrones was making changes long before they ran, ran out of books. Yes, it was. Have you read the books for Game of Thrones? I have, but a really long time ago. So Gosh, did you did you watch the show? No, you didn't watch the show. Okay, no, I stopped I... watching the show um, because it was getting so bad, oh. and that was well before they ran out of books. Oh yeah, no, I um, I think I watched the first three episodes, and it was going too slow for my sweet little ADHD brain, and I just sort of went, "Yeah, this is fine." I kept up to date with like Aussie <laughs> Man fair. reviews. If anyone has seen Aussie Man reviews, things, uh-uh. um, <laughs> he did a really good job of recapping each episode or like each season, and I, that's what I watched instead. <laughs> that's a good, call. and it was far more interesting. But um, also like True Blood, which was. um, adapted from the Southern Vampire Mysteries. Oh, man. They made so so many changes. I hated hated that TV show. Okay, that show, I love that show because it was so ridiculous. But that's just me. Oh, man, I hated it based on the fact how how he said her name. Suke. Suke. I was like, no, no, stop it. (laughs) Stop it. Yeah, um, I still want it to be Suki, but I understand that Americans pronounce things wrong. Controversial <laughs> <laughs> 77% of our audience. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> we love you. We really, really do love you. <laughs> um, but there's stuff like the stuff that they cut out versus the stuff that they added in is truly bizarre for True Blood because I've just mm. – 
to provide my brain with some trash to wind down to, I just decided to start reading the books. The TV show really omitted what an enormous character actual vampire Elvis Presley is and how integral he is to most of the plot so far. (laughs) Yeah. So there's Uh, just things that they decide to change because adaptation is all about changing things for the medium and you're never going to get – an exact replica of the books and wanting it wanting that is honestly misguided it it is it honestly is you you can't have every absolutely everything that comes out of an author's fingertips Mm. because there's just so much to cover and no one is ever going to be purely happy with it you can try but there are always going to be things that won't translate to screen yes something simply won't work on screen the way they work on the page and that's okay different mediums have different qualities for a reason it's why we have so many different mediums now what do you think about a marauders era tv show like a lot of people want that i would watch the shit out of that as long as it wasn't hb fucking o (laughs) actually i'm gonna amend that I, i would i would watch that if it was on HBO because we don't have any content to go with and it can, and it's during a, like the start of a war it could be as mm-hmm. gritty as possible yeah they can they can okay. do whatever they like that. to it um stars is also an option they they are responsible for outlander and black sails oh yeah 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 and that's that's also an option and um i think they do american gods as well like that's a double up between Amazon and stars, I think. Oh, okay. But I could be entirely wrong there and it's just Amazon and I just don't want to admit that it's Amazon because Amazon is an evil company. I have to start paying for Amazon or get rid of it soon, so I think (laughs) I'm going to get rid of it. Unfortunate. (laughs) Well, I got it to watch one thing uh, and it was free, so... Was that The Boys? Yeah. <laughs> Which I really enjoyed. Really, really, really enjoyed. I still I still need to find a way to get my hot little hands on that. You can download it now. There are people out there who have downloaded it. Okay. So, yeah, Marauders could be a really interesting thing. Like, I would be concerned about the continued... Um, defanging I'm gonna say of um Snape yeah look it would make a lot more people like him a lot I mean it could do that it really depends on the motivations of the person creating it because they could make it very explicitly clear that Severus Snape is a mass murdering fuckhead but yeah or I mean they made that pretty clear in Avengers with Loki and people still loved him that's true yeah. Um, that was people, literally the line from Natasha who goes, he murdered he he murdered however many people it was. It was like eighty two people just in Europe. <laughs> yeah, something like that. And and Thor is just kinda of like, Oh, he's adopted. Yeah, people will cite that figure as how many people he killed in that entire movie. It's like, no, no, he killed thousands in New York. Like, we didn't get a number yeah, he, on that. He killed because- a yeah, he killed a lot of people, guys. Like, he tried yeah. to take out a city, a complete city, people, an entire city. And then people will argue further that that was under Thanos' mind control, which we don't have any kind of evidence that he was being mind controlled. Um, he just thought that Thanos could give him something. So that's neither here nor there. And also, before that, he tried to destroy his entire home planet. So, <laughs> like, Loki is a genocidal maniac and people just really want to fuck Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, this is the thing. It's a separation, and I'm going to use this not lightly at all. Separation of church and state, guys. Come on. Yeah. The actor is not the the actor is not the character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Separation of church and state. Church being actor, Sate being the character they're playing. Sure. They're not the same thing. Exactly. But, yeah, it could be really Um, interesting to have, like, because, you know, Marlene McKinnon, 
I've always been interested in her conceptually. Yeah, I'd like to see. I'd like to see like the long bottoms and how they were. Yeah, and um, like a bit. Of, I just yeah. I we could we could duck sorry, over to the Weasleys because um, you know Gideon and Fabian are in the in the order. They can drop in on their sister and her horde of children. Yeah. Right. Oh, look, she's got another one. <laughs> like, she's pregnant with Ron? Yeah. Like, I would definitely be 100% okay with a Marauder's Era TV series. Mm. Please don't let J.K. Rowling write it, though. I'm slightly less hyped about the concept of a Next Generation thing because we already have the Cursed Child. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Hmm. The Cursed Child. Which Warner Brothers has bought Again. recently. Oh, lovely. So it's going to be made into a film. Now we can make it canon that Harry's a, da- a bad dad. It's unclear, but they have, like, they've rebranded a little bit. Yeah, they've, like, redone the logo. Yeah, how rude. They... They filled Times Square for this huge announcement, shut down like the middle of New York City, which is not, you know, a a regular occurrence or anything. But they made this huge song and dance, got a whole bunch of people into Times Square to tell people that they changed the logo. Yeah. Uh, It was super underwhelming. I was watching a couple of live streams of it, like through just people that I follow online and stuff like that. And like their reactions were just like, yeah, oh, for real? Hmm. The most interesting thing I've heard about The Cursed Child is that Imogen Heap's music is like the entire soundtrack. Oh, okay. Like it's just it's I just the album Eclipse. Nothing or Ellipse, I think. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have heard nothing great about it other than the staging of it is fantastic and the actors who are in Melbourne at the moment are amazing. Okay. That's about the only positive thing that I've heard from friends who have been to see it. That's not ideal. Otherwise, the story is trash and needs to die in a fire. <laughs> um, the one next generation thing that I would be interested in is just a series about Teddy. Yeah, Teddy Lupin. Like Teddy's got his own stuff to deal with. Sweet baby Teddy. He does. He really, really does. And like just the legacy of his parents would be a lot. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would really like, in the Marauders Mm. era, I'd really like to see Narcissa, Bellatrix, and Andromeda. Oh, yeah. Like, as sisters and see how they... And how they fell apart. Ended up where they ended up. Yeah. Which would have to go a bit further back than, like, Lily and James being adults. Yes, it would. Because, like... Lucius is slightly older. And um, Tonks is the same age as Bill. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yes, she is. I mean, the the ages of the Weasleys has been in flux <laughs> um, at many points throughout the books. Yeah, I don't think um, there's any one, like, like... Bill and Charlie's age was reduced by, like, seven years at one point. Um, I think possibly just to make it cool that Bill was going to be with... Fleur. Yeah, otherwise that was like statutory. Yeah, it was going to be she she was like 17 or 18 and he was in his 30s, which is not ideal. <laughs> like the it happens. Age gaps are not the issue. Age gaps that create an enormous imbalance of power based on life experience is not cool. <laughs> like I think that Yeah. An age gap of 10 years is fine as long as, one, like, both parties are over 25. And that's 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 my arbitrary number I'm going to put on it. Yeah, I, I will, well, that's fair. Because my, Brody and I are, hold on, I can math. <laughs> no, I can't. Hold on, how old am I? You're t- <laughs> oh, 20, 28. 28, you're about to be 29? Yes, 
Thank you. I, I did have to double check that. Um, they There is seven years. Well, at the moment it's like eight years between me and Brody. Um, but we're both at like fairly established places of our life. He's gone and done stuff. You- I am in the middle of doing stuff that isn't like, you know, life-changing. We're, we're in comfortable positions in our life. But if I had met him when I was, say, like 19 – and he was late 30s, uh, sorry, late 20s, it would have been a lot harder. Mm. And I, my previous relationship before this was exactly that. I was 18 and 19 and I met uh, my ex who was 25 and he had already finished uni and established a career and was looking to buy a house and a car and everything. And I was like 19 and at university and not finished uni and not in a career and it put a lot of strain on our relationship when it came time for him to be like okay I want to get married to you but you've got nothing in your life and I'm like because I have not I've just finished uni and I'm just getting my career started so yes um, it's difficult the age gaps between people when it's a lot more than just age Mm. it's a it's about experience a lot of life yeah, it is. It's it's very much about experience. Um and you can you can be, you know, 20 years old dating a 30-year-old and you can have your life together and the 30-year-old may not. Mm. That still puts a dynamic shift between you as well. Like it I doesn't mean, just go the older person is always Yeah. Yeah. Like in the in that case the 30-year-old is dating a 20-year-old for a reason. Because a 30-year-old woman is not going to be putting up with the 30-year-old guy who doesn't have his life together. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But we digress just a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it it works for some people. And if it works for you, great. That is amazing. And I'm really, really, truly 100% happy for you. But there are occasions where it doesn't work, which is why Bill changes from being really old to kind of young to you know what? You skipped a couple of years there, buddy. Do you want to go back and do them again? <laughs> same as Charlie. Charlie does the same thing. Yeah. Um, the whole age thing, like Bill's age doesn't get referenced. Charlie's does in the first book where they say that um, the, Hogwarts has a uh, – Gryffindor hasn't won the Quidditch House Cup for seven years since Charlie Weasley left. Yeah. And then it later becomes that Charlie is three years older than Percy and left the year before Harry and Ron started. Yeah, look, I'm bad at math and that math does not check out. Yeah, I might be bad at maths. Like, I spent today doing practice aptitude death t- tests. I'm not the best at maths, but um, even I'm like, hmm, that doesn't seem correct. <laughs> yeah, look. I, I'm terrible at math and I've done statistics, statistical analysis, and I'm currently doing physics-based math. And let me tell you, I'm bad at math and that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Now. But, you know, I wanna... J.K. Rowling didn't really think anything of it. <laughs> it's just like Sorry, I'm, I'm hope no one is paying attention to this because I'm certainly not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now. My favourite idea that I came up with when thinking about this was a comedy that's kind of down the vein of The Thick of It, Parks and Rec in The Office, um, about the, like, government office that's, like, a joint task force between the British government and the Ministry of Magic to sort out the transition of the Wizarding World opening up. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I'd watch that like a community slash parks and rec slash the office type situation. Yeah. And because it's because it's I'd English, totally watch that. Like I'm thinking the thick of it as well. I don't know if you're familiar with the thick of it. Oh yeah, I've seen bits and pieces of the thick of the thick of it. For those not aware, it is the show where Peter Capaldi um is like the liaison to the prime minister for this um group of public servants who and he is just a horrible horrible person who is very fun to watch and just says the most bizarre upsetting 
and surprising combinations of words together. Yes, I think that's where a couple – sorry, hold on. I think that's where a couple of the really good gifts of him swearing yes. come from. Yes, and, like, just him yeah. hanging up a telephone um, after saying, fuckity bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I wish I could use fuckity bye. <laughs> uh... Yes, thank you. Have a nice day. Fuckity bye. <laughs> I think I'd get fired. I would watch the shit out of an office-style Ministry of Magic TV show. Yes, and I think that it would just be especially funny if it was, like, a joint branch of government that was just formed because the wizards have decided to come out. Yeah, absolutely. Like, they're all scrambling to be like, ah, what do we do? Ah, no, ah, shit. And also just just trying to like under, understand each other's weird um, idiosyncrasies because like there's just there's just different different standards of behaviour. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the the yeah. daily fight. No, I think that, I would um, also want. Sorry, the the daily fight that like yeah. the, one of the new wizards has with the photocopier. <laughs> <laughs> How does this bloody shitty thing work? Hitting it with his wand. <laughs> oh, my God. Hitting it with his wand so it becomes sentient. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, and also just, just the, like, the muggles getting used to the fact that, like, these people are whipping out their arms. It's like, I feel like the wand is creating a hostile work environment. It's like, I feel like you not liking the wand is a hostile work environment. yes i would watch that i'd also probably watch a tv show about like the quidditch industry okay yeah oh man okay i would watch like green street hooligans but with quidditch absolutely i would watch the absolute shit out of that but i'd also watch uh the same kind of like parks and rec style but as a quidditch team like they're like (laughs) the bottom of the ladder and they've got a new coach in and suddenly they're like climbing their way up the top of the ladder. <laughs> yeah, I can feel that. I'd watch that. I'd definitely watch that because that would just be interesting. Uh, yeah. It would just be like there's so many options that are probably like half of them are probably not feasible in any way, shape or form. But and some of also, them might be considered too adult for what they're like trying to – sort of achieved because they're still trying to make this a ostensibly a children's franchise. Are they? Because having a horny fucking rhinoceros monster thing, a, like go after Newt because he's <laughs> covered in pheromones was like the single most traumatizing thing of my adult life. And I work retail. <laughs> okay. But at the same like, time, think of just all of the sexual jokes in Toy Story. Yeah, but at least they were tastefully done. (laughs) This is the thing. Toy Story sexual jokes tastefully done because children can't see that they are sexual innuendo. Having a horny fucking rhinoceros want to mount and buck Newt Scamander because he's covered in pheromone, not subtle. (laughs) And very uncomfortable. I just think that would probably, like, the true context of that would really go over kids' heads. I don't know, because, like, I, like, read some Twitter feeds after that movie about how kids were, like, pretending to be that monster versus Newt Scamander and, like, making the most atrocious noises, and I was horrified. I mean, like, full disclosure, um, we all wanted to be Esmeralda um, from... Hunchback of Notre Dame when we were kids, and she she pole dances in that movie. Like that is that's not subtle. Oh yeah, she does. <laughs> yeah, she does. I see, but pole dancing is a form of exercise. <laughs> well, pole dancing as a form of exercise, like, is how do you think she looks? Like keeps trim. <laughs> <laughs> no, pole, pole dancing is sex work that people use for exercise, and not the other way around. We need to like not take away this art form from the people who developed it. (laughs) 
It's very true. It is very true. And I have the utmost respect for all forms of exotic dancing, pole dancing, because damn, that is hard. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Like, honestly, just getting yourself up there is most of the challenge. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, I have the utmost respect. I have the utmost respect for sex workers and dancers and all forms of people who work in that industry because let me tell you, my loves, that is not something I would mentally mentally ever be prepared to do. Yeah, and like, I mean, I couldn't even get up there to be perfectly honest. <laughs> not, not in the shape that uh-uh. I'm in now. So is there another um, thing that you can see being like a good place to set a movie or a show in the wizarding world. I would like a TV show about background characters in the Harry Potter, like in our time frame that we have. Not focused on the Golden Trio, but focused on a bunch of people who are just really trying to get through school. <laughs> I mean, they'd probably have their own real fucked up shit that happened to them. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Like they definitely would, mm. but also. I would just really like a group of Ravenclaws rolling their eyes when Hermione answers yet another question and just being like, oh, my fucking God, is she kidding? Just shut up. Uh, oh, I thought you meant um, like our present day, not contemporary to oh, the – Oh, yeah, I'd like to see our present day too. Mm. I'd like to see our present day too, but I'd also like to see something that's happening in the time of the Golden Trio. <laughs> but has nothing to do with the Golden Trio. Like a series of shorts that – because I think that would be the best format for that, a series of shorts where it's like just side characters (laughs) Um, being like – Yeah. Fucking Harry at it again, okay. Yeah. Basically, yeah, exactly that. I would also – really enjoy another book but I know that's not going to happen because I firmly believe JK Rowling can't actually write anymore I mean Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is a good example of that although that's screenwriting that's different but it's screenwriting it's a little different the Cormorant Strike books are also not great yeah what was the other one that she did the um the curious uh, – the casual affair. Casual vacancy? That one. Yeah. Oh, casual vacancy. Casual affair. No. Casual affair is a panic at the disco song. <laughs> yeah, casual vacancy wasn't if over- it, If it wasn't, it should be. <laughs> yeah, it really should be. No, no, no. Casual affair is a panic at the disco song. Um, <laughs> yeah, casual vacancy wasn't uh, fantastic I re- either. I recently – I recently started listening to Panic at the Disco again after, yeah. like, I gave up on them. Um, I, and I realized that I, like, just got really, really sick of a feed, but you can't sweat out and didn't oh, listen yeah. to anything further on. Like, I, I had heard the Ballad of Mona Lisa, but, like, that was basically it. Oh, yeah, no, I never um, stopped. I'm trash. But, yeah. I'm Panic at the I Disco had, trash. I got – the thing the thing that bothered me, because I was a music student at the time, And as a music student, once I noticed that every single Panic at the Disco song on that first album followed the same exact pattern, I very, very quickly got sick of all of their songs because they were all the same song. I mean... But now they've... They've really grown as artists is the, is where they're at now. So, like, yeah. I can go back to the old stuff and I can listen to the new stuff and it's all really – like, it's it's well, they're Phoebe, better you can't musicians, sweat out. but they've, they've – they're, they're better musicians, but they've um, held on to that, like, vibe that they originally had, which I'm going to call fun and horny. Yeah, yeah, I'll get that. That's Brendan Urie's absolute branding, like fun and horny. Um, Because (laughs) Phoebe Can't Sweat Out was written when they were between the ages of 14 and 17. uh, And they were picked, they were a garage band. They were picked up by Fall Out Boy. And they literally wrote that album as kids. They were kids when they wrote the album. Okay. And then 
Pops. They did the next album, which was pretty odd, I think. No. Um, the fact that they were picked up by Fall Out Boy really ex- really um, explains the naming convention. Yeah, no, they were – yeah, it was. Like, it was pretty odd. They were picked up – yeah, they were the literally really, – The really long song names? Yes, they were picked up by Fall Out Boy, put them on in touch with the Cadence Records and Feel Bear Ramen, and that was back in like 2005. Uh, pretty mm. Odd was next, and that was their like folksy album. Um, and then Vices and Virtues came out, and that's the one that I'm not super – uh, oh, I think that's the one where they parted ways with um, uh, what was his name? Ross, uh, Ryan Ross. So, Vice and the Virtues was the one where Ryan Ross left because they wanted to go in two separate directions. Uh, like Brennan Urie right. and Ryan Ross wanted to go in two separate directions, and then Too Weird to Live, Too Rare to Die came out, which was just basically Brendan Urie by himself. Um, along with Paul Walker or Butch Walker, Butch Walker and oh no no, no it was just Brendan Urie and Spencer Smith for Vices and Virtues, and just Brendan Urie for Too Weird to Live, Too Rare to Die, Death of a Bachelor, and then Pray for the Wicked came out, and it's just basically Brendan Urie being Brendan Urie. Um, Paul Panic Walker at- is the guy from. Um- the Fast and the Furious yeah, movies who died. He's dead. Um, I meant Ryan Walker. <laughs> I mean, I meant Butch Walker, <laughs> Butch Walker, Ryan Ross. Um, but, yeah, the original band that was A Few of You Can't Sweat Out is no more. Like they right, lasted okay. for two records and that was it. Okay. Yeah. So I told you I'm panic, I'm panic at the disco trash. I'm total trash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, do, I do now regularly get Don't Threaten Me With A Good Time stuck in my head. Yeah, right. It's such a Tony Stark song too. <laughs> yeah. Like it absolutely is such a Tony and Tony Stark song. Like Lex always does um uh Crazy Equals Genius for Tony, but it's like but also this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no no no. Um absolutely. Don't threaten me with a good time is a hundred percent. Tony Yuri is probably a wizard. Oh yeah, he absolutely is. <laughs> He's a wizard who was really good at Vine. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I I really liked Pray for the Wicked. Uh, that was good. It, that's their latest album that was released last year. Death of a Bachelor was really fun. Um, but mm. yes, no, I'm trash. I'm Fall Out Boy trash. I'm this trash. I'm Green Day trash. I am a emo, 2006 emo kid with the coontails and uh, mullet cut at heart honestly when when you come to adelaide mm-hmm. um y- you're going to have to come to i'm going to be making my debut because i see the ads for it but i've never been mm. um we will together be attending um the rhino rooms event taking back saturday Ooh, okay they do it once a month and it's just the um emo nightclub <laughs> yes, please. That sounds like <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> I'll tag you next time I see an ad for it come up just so you can see what's what the deal is there. <laughs> please do because that would be amazing. I think there's one that's still around in Brisbane. It used to be called Rosie's. I don't know what it's called now. It's been a very long time since I've been out because I'm old. Well, the Rhino Room is like a venue sort of thing. So, mm. like, it, it's it's um, comedy and all of that. So, like, usually, but then they also open up for different events and that's one that, like, I think they do it once a month. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I, we totally need to do that. We absolutely need to do that. Yes. Especially now that Brendan is like, um, I, need, uh, I need to meet Ray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm forever blowing bubbles. <laughs> yes. Um, cool. Yeah, I think that's all I can think about really for um, 
for what else I want out of Harry Potter. I would like another book, but I know that's not going to happen. And I don't know if I really want to tarnish the respect and the love that I have for the books with another one. I would love Mm. a Marauders TV show and I just really need Fantastic Beasts franchise to stop. What would you think about a Founders TV show? Oh, yeah, Uh, like Game of Thrones style. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, like, I assume that, like, you could come up with this, like, the – like, a really big motivation towards unifying into a school. Like, if people are teaching their kids on their own and it's just not enough and they're being taken out by some kind of force. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'd totally do that. So, like, it's not just a, like, humanitarian effort of we would like to build a school. It's a we will die out as a people if we do not organize a school. Yeah, I'd totally – I'd read the shit out of that book, but I'd totally watch the shit out of that TV show. I just came up with that, like, just off the top of my head, and I'm very pleased with it. <laughs> yeah, I'd write that down. Write, write that as a book. <laughs> I'm a writer. Honestly, I could probably do that, like, without um, having any kind of reference to Harry Potter, and it can just be, like, my own thing that I could make money off of. Who knows? Yeah, man, <laughs> do it. Uh, yeah, you're going to have to anyway, cut so much I of this episode. I think there's probably, like... There's probably 35 minutes of usable audio on this, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think that that's going to be like there's it's a such a big world, and this is what Matt and I were talking about the other the when we did watch Grin, the Crimes of Grindelwald. J.K. Rowling built an incredible world Mm. and so much of it is unutilized and there's so much interesting stuff that is just not the stuff that she's interested in addressing (laughs) or looking at in any kind of way (laughs) yeah yeah she's not I mean let's compare it to Star Wars the Star Wars universe is massive and it's expanding with every Mm. movie book and tv show and comic that they bring out they are covering everything from like the before the prequels and exactly how this all started to what's happening basically as of right now there is so much opportunity that they have just taken whether it's been good or not because some of it is not and I will freely admit that as a lover of the Star Wars universe but every opportunity for a new story has been taken. J.K. And Rowling like, is not thing, doing the that. Thing that I, I mean, the thing that that makes me think of is the fact that Star Wars has been vastly improved by the removal of George Lucas. Yes, it has, because once it left the hands of George Lucas, it, they suddenly went, oh, hey, you do this bit, you do this bit, you direct that movie, you write this comic book, as long as you're sticking to this script and this timeline, we're done. We're fine. By handing it over to little bits and pieces at a time, it did wonders for the Star Wars universe. And I know I'm probably going to be crucified for that. And if you're going to do that, just bugger off because Star Wars fans really shit me sometimes. Don't gatekeep something uh, this amazing. However, you're right. But I think that there are plenty of people who understand that George Lucas was a massive problem as far as the progress of the Star Wars universe because everyone hates the prequels. Everyone hates them. And everyone knows that that was explicitly all of his work. And there are parts of the prequels that I really, really enjoy, but they are universally disliked I think it's safe to say in spite oh, they of the are. fact that there are some good elements they are I'm I'm currently watching the Clone Wars TV series which was done a few years after the prequels came out and it it fills in a lot of the gaps like it gives you mm-hmm. way more than the movies ever did and it's not written that's that's set or between produced. the second and third prequel isn't it yeah it is and it's really cool um it's yeah it doesn't actually I don't think George Lucas had anything to do with this TV show at all um which is good because now we get gaps and we get more story and we get more characterizations and we get bits and pieces we can see how Anakin went from 
movie number two, Anakin, where he's a little bit creepy to full-blown Darth Vader in number three, Anakin. Like the progression in the Clone Wars TV show makes his character make so much more sense and I love it. Nice. But yes, you're 100% correct. By letting go of the – like by Yeah, the prequels of Star Wars – the prequels of Star Wars are basically the best way to explain why art is helped by limitations. Mm, it is. And in this case, because I think... George Lucas was given absolutely no limits. Yes. <laughs> and it turned out badly. Yes. But I think the limitation of the, the Harry Potter universe and the Wizarding World is J.K. Rowling herself, which is very sad to say because she created it, but... She's also not doing it any favours by trying to police it and giving us content that we don't want. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that J.K. Rowling and George Lucas are surprisingly comparable figures. Yes. Yes, they are. Actually. I didn't expect that to be the takeaway yeah. of... I didn't expect that to be the takeaway of this I know, episode. right? That's the hot take, people. <laughs> J.K. Rowling is to the Harry Potter universe as what George Lucas is to Star Wars. The creator, but ultimately the failure. Huh. There you go. Damn. I think we've got to end on that We really do. We really do. I'm not getting any more poetic than that. So... (laughs) <laughs> on that note, um, you can find us on Twitter. I am at Ray as a writer if I ever update the thing. I'm at raven.com and you can also find us on Facebook at Potter Nonsense Podcast. And we've actually had a bit of an uptick over our break in listeners. So welcome to everyone who's new um, and we hope that you stick around. We hope that you reach out because we'd love to talk to you all. Yeah, please stick around because I really, really enjoy uh, having you all listen to my rambling thoughts. (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, mischief managed. Mischief managed. Toodles. Potter Nonsense is a production of Bronze Pig Media and is recorded in Queensland and South Australia. If you liked the show, please rate, review and subscribe so that others can find us. You can contact us on Twitter at BronzePigMedia or by email at BronzePigMedia at gmail.com. Oh, my God. Okay, so the glitter that I got for my nails, I didn't realize how super fucking holographic it is. Oh, really? Man, bam. Yeah, I'm going to have to take a picture of these and send it to you because, damn, son, I'm so happy. Like, these look professionally done. Nice. Nice work. Oh, (laughs) Bronze Pig Media. Oink.